TNC Original African Stories. Listener discretion is advised as this podcast may contain violence or strong language. Previously on Ashoibi. Okay, but I still don't understand how a person will just up and decide to go away for the whole week. Oh. And this lies to Jay. What's happening? I already told you, I'm not in a good place right now. I needed to get away from the house and from him. I need to think, I beg. Anita, are you even listening to me? Do you know why I have never opened myself to anyone before? Anita, please. Because of this. This stupid, avoidable hurt. I don't know. I just thought we were going somewhere. Did I ever think that maybe, just maybe, this whole us thing may have been so much fun for you? Oh, yes, I did. But you were too sincere. I said sex was off the table and you understood. We were too real. So I figured when your vacation was over and you were ready to go back to London, you would say, hey, babes, let's try out this long distance thing. I love you. Let's do it. What? My virginity, take it. Ah, so I managed to get your attention then. My God. How shameless can you people get, eh? You are hitting on your pregnant wife's gynecologist in her presence. What the hell is going on with you people? If you're free for lunch today, um, that'll be brilliant. Your patient, that's my brother's wife. I am very single. At about the same time in Abuja, Moini's vacation retreat seems to be in full swing. Great. Zeno. It just had to be you, Abi. From the moment Moini kissed her husband goodbye earlier that morning, her stomach began to develop sickly knots. She tried to ignore the growing discomfort that exaggerated the watery guilt she felt every time she told a lie. But by the time she boarded the flight to Abuja, she was certain that her nervousness was a premature reaction of future occurrences. (laughs) She widened her eyes as she found her composure as she watched in what seemed to be like a slowed down version of real time. Zeno stepped out of the elevator with a smug expression. It was as though he was expecting to see her. I just had a feeling. He said calmly and arched his back and leaned in for a hug. In their synchrony, she leaned away from him and opened her mouth to let out her disapproving surprise when she caught the high traffic around them from the corner of her eyes. She bit the inside of her lower lip and slid herself out of the incomplete ring his arms had made around her waist. She contemplated going past him into the elevator as she noticed the door drawing close behind him. But the pounding in her head was threatening to deafen and seize her innate dislike for confrontation. She grabbed his right arm and marched towards the lobby exit, her slippers slapping on the marble floors without mercy. Mazino right. Hmm. Shabi, you want to see my madness? You will now tell me why you are following me around. What is it now? She managed to control the volume of her voice as irritation poured out of her. Her arms were now folded underneath her breast and her eyes stayed elevated, darting across the face of the light-skinned man before her. Zeno started to smile, but the smile faded just as quickly as it appeared when he noticed her body was vibrating with anger. Minnie, can you be calm, please? Come on. Stroking both her shoulders, she let out a sharp, irritated hiss and shrugged his hand off her her eyes still fixed on his face. Why on earth will you think I'm following you around? (sighs) She made an incoherent gesticulation with her hands as she struggled to feel the anger that was dying out with every word he calmly spoke. 
Listen, Moini. Granted, I really need for us to sit down and talk. But stalking you? St <laughs> Come on. It's me, Moini. It's me. It's Zeno. You're Zeno. Not some creep that wants a strand of your pubic hair for Juju. <laughs> he smiled when he saw her fail in an attempt to suppress her laughter. She was amazed and ashamed at the effect he could still have on her. The faint music reaching her ear made her realize that the pounding from her head and heart had subsided and her body felt calmer. He was right. He was not a creep. He was Zeno. Her heart skipped a beat. Yes, he was her Zeno. But she knew for a fact that Hazino was capable of doing anything under the sun. So, why are you here? The sternness in her voice was now replaced with friendly curiosity. Her eyes trailed his face down his left hand. She smiled. Business? You? Nothing important. He raised his left eyebrow and nodded slowly. Look, Minnie, I really do want to talk. So, can we go somewhere? Somewhere else? One of our rooms, maybe? She started to decline, but then she realized that if she did, she would be giving him the opportunity to continue to pop up in her life at unappreciated times. Fine. Back at the hospital, where Anita had just swallowed a bitter dose of her own medicine. With her jaw wedged separate by the shock of the last couple of seconds, Anita's eyes roamed the confines of her office space, as if searching for the person that had just received the burns from Mr. Avazi's words. There was a spell that accompanied the way he dismissed himself that left her body paralyzed to her mind's instructions. She glanced at the black court shoes shielding her feet and then out the door as he slightly curved his back in motion. In seconds, she had tried and failed to recall the last time she had heard that tone in his voice directed at her. She snorted and began to slowly make her way back to the case notes waiting on her table. There were quite a number of qualities she had been working to possess and walking away from unnecessary confrontation was one of them. She gave herself a mental pat on the back when she accepted that her body was moving in a direction opposite to where her mind was. A series of possible comebacks danced around in her head and as if suddenly thrown into a trance, she stopped and turned around midway between the office door and her swivel chair. She dashed out her office and filled the reception area with the fast-paced rhythm of her heels violently colliding with the ground. The nurse that had been enjoying a conversation with the receptionist all but ducked underneath the reception's booth on sight of the visibly ticked-off doctor. Anita rolled her eyes in the nurse's direction, sending a loud message that could not have been conveyed any better with words. She continued to march towards the hospital's exit, ignoring the incoming man that her right arm briefly impacted. Anita! She heard the familiar voice interrupt her by pulling gently on her wrist. She turned sharply towards him, feigned a smile, and signaled him to wait with her left index finger. Bami circled his hand around her wrist again, causing her to lose her balance slightly. Who are you going to beat? Bami, I beg, I'm in the middle of something. My office is open. Go and wait for me. Calm down. I have brilliant news. He gave an exaggerated smile, exposing a set of perfectly structured teeth. She dropped her head. She looked up at him. See, Bami, your news is not what I need right now. I need to put somebody in his place and you are denying me the time. Whoa, madame, cool it. Kilo day, who walked you up like this? She moved the fringe away from her eyes and narrowed her eyes. Just then, she heard the sound of a car engine a few meters away from them, and she knew she had lost her window. Damn it, Bami! She nudged his side with her elbow. You are so annoying! <sighs> she clenched her teeth. Hey, this woman. First, you don't want to hear what I'm here to say, and now I'm annoying? Anyway... I came to take you to get some food since you've been here since four. 
Oh, and on a completely irrelevant note, my promotion fell through. He finished without breaking a smile. She widened her eyes, and in that moment, she could not remember why she was angry before. She screeched in excitement and threw herself shamelessly into his embrace. In the beginning, she had attributed his career stagnancy to his selective, carefree attitude. But after the years had passed and his glaring commitment and hard work had earned him only extra pats on the back, she concluded that he was just unlucky. She pulled away from him and adjusted his tie knot. Oh, Bam Bam, I'm so proud of you! She cooed as she watched his face light with more enthusiasm than he had met her with. I can't eat out today though. See how I look like a badly upgraded Ekaite. Who cares? I don't. Please, I beg, I'm hungry. Just drop your lab coat and let's go. Bam yo. Okay, first and last time. I'm only indulging since we're celebrating, oh. She turned into the building before stopping in her tracks. She sensed that she was the first person he was sharing his excitement with. And, glad as she felt, she was still curious about his supposed love interest. Uh-uh. Where's your babe? What? The new girl. Isn't she why we haven't seen your brake light in the recent weeks? Oh, her. She's okay. Anita raised her eyebrows and swallowed the question that was on the tip of her tongue. Uh-huh, true, Seth. When do I get to meet her? I don't even know what she looks like. Bami smiled and pointed at the face of his watch before replying. I've not had time. You'll meet her soon, B? He sighed when he noticed that Anita had changed her course of movement and was now walking back towards him. Oh, yes, let me see a picture and then I'll drop my coat. This woman, oh. He threw his hands in the air as she forced them out of the pockets of his grey trousers, pulled out his phone and stretched it towards him. He shook his head continuously as he searched for the picture on his phone. After what seemed to be a long minute, he laughed and held the phone in front of her face. Anita's smile faded. She stared at the picture longer than expected and she barely struggled to recall why the woman's face looked painfully familiar. Since their brief encounter at her nephew's naming ceremony, the face of the gap-toothed lady had stayed imprinted in her subconscious. For some reason, she was certain that she would run into the lady soon and make her explain why she not only stopped at embarrassing her in public, but continued to send her threatening messages. The skin on her forehead creased effortlessly. Oh, she's pretty. She looked up at a confused Bami, who she was certain had read through her little act. So, when did you say you met her again? Recently? Christmas time last year, but nothing got serious until very recently. Why? Do you know her? No, not really. No. Well, I don't know her, know her, but I know enough to tell you that she's a nut job, and from one good friend to another, I don't think you should be with her. In Zeno's hotel room, Moini had settled down and thanks to some old memories and some alcohol, she's now in very high spirits. <laughs> wow, that has to be the most shocking thing I've heard all year. Legit, Jay and seminary. <laughs> Two things I would never have imagined in the same sentence. <laughs> oh, wow. Their laughter filled the room the way it had almost an hour before. He even insists on being called Nathaniel o. He says since our parents named us because of their Hare Krishna religion, God rest their souls, he doesn't want Jay anymore. She slipped her feet out of the brown embellished slippers and stretched her legs on the bed. The last couple of hours had been a healthy mixture of nostalgia and revelation. They had exchanged a lot of truthful words that she could not now remember. It took her a great deal of willpower to refrain from stating to him that her feelings towards him all those years were supremely dwarfed by his for her. 
She could not deny, though, that the aura that attracted her to him in the past was not locked in the past. And even now, she could not think of any other place she would rather be. Thanks, Minnie. Thanks for this. Because I, I, I really needed it. I really did. She heard him say through the new silence. She turned her head to the man lying beside her and smiled. You know, I, I still can't get over the fact that you're married, though. I mean, Minnie is married, like you're married. She remained silent and shuffled to sit up, her back against the headboard. Tell me, are you happy? Like, are you really happy? The question cut sharply through her. It felt as though a curious hand had found the key to her insides and let out a stash of doubt and uncertainty for her male companion to see. It was the first time she had been asked the question since Jayala had asked the night of their wedding. Then, the answer came very easy to her. One would have thought she had been waiting eagerly to be asked. Zeno sat up and moved closer to her. She looked at him and forced an exaggerated smile before replying. My marriage has been a happy one. Yes. He continued to stare at her and she allowed herself to get lost in the reflection trapped in his clear brown eyes. You know if you want out of that marriage, I'm right here with wide open arms, willing, okay? He winked. Zeno! She protested, leaning away from his face. I'm playing, I'm playing. I, I can't even play with you. <laughs> Mini. He touched her calf lightly. Does this still do it for you? He continued to tickle. She screamed and flapped her legs to evade his fingers until she successfully bit his arm. <laughs> Seriously, though, if you're happy, then I'm... I'm happy for you. Yeah. Zeno watched her catch her breath and allowed her back rest on the wooden headboard again. She batted her eyelashes uncontrollably as she smiled, turning her face to the opposite direction. Just then, he felt a rush of activity trail down his spine, contained in a thin line, and without hesitating, he grabbed her jaw, drew her face to his, and pressed his lips firmly on hers. As if rehearsed, she threw her arm around the back of his head and allowed herself to get lost in the sensation, building up in the pit of her stomach. She was lost somewhere in the past, where they were still together and there was no Jayola. He pulled away and buried his face in the croon of her neck, planting soft kisses as his right hand felt the hook of her bra. As she felt the grip on her breast come loose, she snapped back to reality, her eyes flung open and she pushed him off her. What was she doing? She hit him hard across his cheeks with both palms. She held the hem of her dress in one hand and jumped off the bed, rushing into her slippers. Why the hell did you do that? She searched for her phone. The pounding in her head was beginning to return in pumps. I love Jay, for Christ's sake. Jay, he's your boss. You shouldn't have done that. Her eyes were welling up now and she was headed for the door. She stopped before turning the lock and then looked at him with all the authority she could find. His hands had formed a cradle for his head. Hmm. The day Jay finds out you ran into me in Abuja, that will be the day you lose your job. Can you imagine this? I did not need another secret. I really did not. She turned the doorknob and with her back to him, she said, Henceforth, the only reason you know me is because I'm your boss's wife. No more past, no more mini. She looked over her shoulder and caught his confused eyes. Mr. Wright, I am married and happy. With that, she let herself out and quietly shut the door behind her. 
Thanks for listening to Ashray B, the podcast. Brought to you by The Naked Convos. Produced by 808 Extra. Theme song, Charles Onwubia, a.k.a. Beethoven. Narrated by Feifei. Voice actors, Jojo Amiegbe as Dr. Anita. Shea Banks as Bami. Iloise Omoimi as Zino. Eniola Keshiro as Moini. This podcast is available everywhere you listen to podcasts on. Don't forget to subscribe and share.